0: This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Hello, I'm James Tu, Senior Director of Content and Communications at Trine University, and I want to welcome you to Faculty Focus. This podcast features interviews with Trine University faculty members about their current research and their insights on issues impacting us all today. My guest today is Professor Lori Stockton-Moreno, Director of Trine University's Montessori Teacher Education Program and of the University's Center for Montessori Education. Prior to joining Trine last year, Lori spent 18 years in teaching and administrative positions with Montessori schools in Michigan, California, and Texas. Thank you, Lori, for joining me today.
1: It's my pleasure, James. Thanks for having me.
0: So, for those uh, who may not know, what is the Montessori teaching method, and w- kind of what is its origin?
1: hmm Sure. So, long time ago, in the early years of the 20th century, there was this Italian doctor, one of the first female doctors in Italy, named Maria Montessori, and she fell into this opportunity to do work with some children with some significant special needs. And she worked with them, and she developed her own strategies and her own sort of learning tools to help them. And she was very successful, and the word got out. And then she was asked to work with this group of unsupervised children, kind of latchkey children, in a housing development. And the parents were off at work, and the children were kind of running wild. And so she was asked to come in and do some kind of program for them. So she did. She set up a classroom and she worked with them. She began with, from her science background, she began with observation and her observations of the children revealed to her over time sort of the true nature of the child. And she learned a lot about the nature of children. Now bear in mind that at that time, Children were not thought of as important. Children were there to be fed and to be clothed, but they weren't really respected in the way that we think of children these days. Um, So she really began a sort of revolution to honor the inner psyche of the child, um, to promote respect for children. She found that to be very, very important. So she taught these young children how to take care of themselves, how to be clean and tidy. She created a sense of order for them that they had not really known before then. Before that, she um, studied the tendencies that she would see in them and the needs that she would see in them and also their interests. And she started developing these didactic materials, these hands-on materials for learning that would support their own learning through their interest and their engagement. Her observations told her that given the freedom to choose in an environment that was prepared specifically for their interests and their needs, the children would thrive and they would find sort of a joy of learning um, that they hadn't had in the past. So, So that was very successful and she noticed that they really were able to concentrate on work for longer periods of time because they were working on things that they chose. She noticed, too, that there was a correlation between what children need to understand and learn and what they were interested in, that that was a kind of strong correlation. And to get there through the children feeling empowered and feeling ownership in their choices, They developed a sense of self-motivation and self-regulation and healthy engagement with their peers and concentrated engagement with work.
0: So you said she was a doctor, was she a medical doctor then? Yes, she
1: went to medical school against her father's wishes, (laughs) but she persevered and and made that happen.
0: Okay, so what are kind of the, uh, what you would say are the pillars then of Montessori teaching?
1: kind of what I was just talking about, you know, children in an authentic Montessori environment or setting, um, they develop this lifelong love of learning. They become self-actualized. They develop an inner sense of peace, healthy relationships with their friends. They develop emotional intelligence, and they seek to become contributing members of society. It's whole child education, so that means that we're engaging the child's emotional and social, their physical, their spiritual needs, in addition to just the academic needs.
0: So what does that kind of practically look like in a classroom?
1: So children are given lessons and presentations on various topics Um, having to do with, in early childhood, having to do with practical life, how to take care of themselves and take care of their environment, how to take care of the pets in the classroom, for example. They also are working with sensorial apparatus to learn to heighten their senses and to be able to use their senses to learn in their environments. And then there's also mathematics, there's language development, learning to read, Sciences, social studies, geography, history, zoology, and botany. Um, so all of those lessons are given, and then children are free to choose the things that they're drawn to do more practice with and more work with in the classroom.
0: Now when you talk about how you know, biology or zoology are taught, is there a difference between how they're taught in a Montessori classroom versus how they would be taught in a traditional classroom?
1: In a sense, everything is tied to some hands-on learning apparatus of some kind. And so the other thing that we do is we start with the big picture, and then we work toward the details. So maybe at the very beginning of of a school year, the teacher would present the coming of the universe story and lots of other stories, too, to sort of give the child the umbrella picture of what all is going on in the world and how everything is connected. So we start with what we call the great lessons. The coming of the universe, the um, coming of man to earth, the coming of life to earth, the development of language and development of mathematics. Those are great impressionistic stories that we tell at the beginning of the school year and set the context for all the other things that they're learning. And another difference is that children are given presentations on these learning materials but then throughout the course of a day children are all over the classroom working on different things because they're practicing the thing that they're drawn to practice and so rather than seeing all of the children do math right now you're seeing children do a variety of things in lots of different ways some working on little rugs on the floor and some working at tables some working alone some working with groups of other children So there's a lot of variety going on throughout the morning.
0: I know you first became interested in Montessori education uh, through your daughter. Can you kind of share that story a bit and kind of lead into how that uh, led to you becoming a Montessori educator?
1: Sure. Yeah, so it was when my oldest daughter was about three and a half, and we had been recommended um, that we should look into Montessori education, but we didn't know that much about it. So we did, we looked into it and and found a little Montessori school nearby and we went to visit and we immediately signed her up. It just was wonderful what we saw. We were very impressed by it. And within a few short weeks, she started bringing some of the works home that she had been working on in class. And one day she came home with this very large poster of an isosceles triangle painted yellow and it said underneath in her handwriting isosceles and she was three (laughs) (laughs) and so i was like how do they know how to teach you know like i didn't understand how the teachers knew what to do so i made an appointment with the director of the school and went in and asked some questions very curious and she explained to me how montessori teacher education works and how they are specifically trained to give these lessons to children and work in the environment. And so very soon I signed myself up for Montessori teacher education and did that program and I haven't looked back. It's been a great experience being a part of Montessori education. And I think, I think that my schooling wasn't all that creative growing up. I think I didn't love learning until I was in grad school Um, But now I just, this, a whole new world has opened up for me. I just really am in love with Montessori.
0: (laughs) It seems like there are more Montessori schools starting up and growing in this area we've course oak farms been around a long time Mm -hmm. but they're growing Mm -hmm. i know here in angola they just opened uh, the vine early learning center which is a montessori daycare i think one just opened or recently opened down in ashley as well is that reflective of a national trend what kind of uh, what is is there a lot of growth nationwide in montessori education
1: yeah there is a lot of growth Um, There's an organization called the National Center for Montessori in the public sector, and they report that there is a huge growth even in public schools for Montessori education over the past, say, 20 years. It's almost doubled. Um, And in private education, it's the same thing. There are about 5,000 Montessori schools in the United States, and about 500 of them are public organizations. Um, Many of those are for early childhood education, but there's a real growing interest in elementary and adolescent education as well in Montessori.
0: You mentioned that it's in public as well as private. I know when I've heard of it before, it's usually been associated with private. So what kind of role does Montessori play in public schools?
1: Some public school districts are, um, even in this area, are Seeing the value of that kind of education as an alternative, and are starting maybe a portion of their district as Montessori. So some public school districts have a building that is a Montessori building in within their district. Um, also, the uh, school of choice and the charter school options have made Montessori education more available for for folks. So,
0: I mean, when you have Things in public education, like you know, standardized tests and all that. How do how do you get that to work with Montessori?
1: Yeah, there have been a lot of people in the field of Montessori that have done some correlations between the traditional Montessori um, curriculum, if you want to call it that with with the state or national standards so there are some documents that show that correlation that when this is a standard this is how we meet it in Montessori education and that has helped people see how that works a lot and in terms of assessment um, it's not that in Montessori education we don't do assessment we do but we do it in a different way we we do a lot of variety of different things for evaluating children Um, We do some quick anecdotal evaluations in the classroom, like if I'm giving um, the next lesson, I might say, so remember last week when we studied clouds. What do you remember about clouds? And we'll talk about it, and that will assess, uh, you know, just sort of anecdotally, you know, what they they recall. And that will give me information as to what I need to represent or go back and work on. We do quick assessments like when we're – dismissing for lunch. Maybe we'll do math fact quizzes as a way to dismiss children. But we also do lots of authentic assessment. Children record pretty much everything that they're doing at the elementary level in some form or fashion. They might write it in a notebook, they might make a poster, they might make a play about it, they might write a song about it. There's lots of different ways that we can assess their work and their understanding of the content
0: why do you think we're seeing such a growth in montessori
1: yeah well part of it has to do with the the increase in charter schools and school of choice i think that's um, come about in recent years and that has really drawn an interest in montessori education but also what's happened recently is research for a long time montessori folks didn't do a lot of research and so it was hard to put across the effectiveness of the program But um, recently, more and more Montessorians are doing research. There was this great book that came out several years ago um, called Montessori, The Science Behind the Genius. And um, that was a compilation of lots of different pieces of research. And I think people really appreciated that. There's also um, a research center at University of Canvas. Uh, Kansas in Montessori education. So they're promoting a lot of research across the country. And seeing the the statistics and the results of that research has helped people to see what a value Montessori education is for children.
0: Now, are there any changes or adjustments being made to Montessori teaching as a result of what's coming out of this research, too? Is it helping it go in new directions at all?
1: Well... Actually, um, it's kind of interesting that uh, high-fidelity Montessori education really authentically has stayed with the way that Dr. Montessori designed it. Um, There are some schools that are very strict about maintaining her way or her her approach, um, and some that maybe allow things like computers to be used in the classrooms, but for the most part, High-fidelity Montessori education has remained um, pretty traditional to what Dr. Montessori wrote about.
0: Kind of looping back to what we were talking about earlier, then one of the elements of uh, Montessori would be that you wouldn't have computers in the classroom?
1: Traditionally, no. And it, in some ways it makes sense for the younger children to not have too much access to computers because if you are 3 to 6, which is the program that we refer to as early childhood or primary, children of that age are really needing to explore through their senses. They really need to heighten their awareness of their environments and begin learning to read and begin learning some basic math skills. And those um, really benefit from those hands-on materials and not so much from the use of the abstract screen but rather experiences are better suited for children that age and then of course as they get older many Montessori schools are using computers for certain things so in the lower elementary grades we might use them for things like animal research when they're in you know they're very interested in a particular kind of bird and so they can go online and and find out some sort of obscure information about a particular kind of bird. And then in upper elementary grades fourth, fourth through sixth, we see a, you know, an increase in use of computers and they're using it for writing reports and you know, learning keyboarding and things like that. So as they get older, we do use them more and more. And then of course, the adolescent age groups use them quite a bit.
0: With Montessori kind of being based on experiential learning, what challenges did that present for Montessori educators when COVID-19 hit and you can't gather students together in a classroom anymore?
1: It's tricky. You know, I think some of the Montessori schools that had a little bit of cash reserves have done better. I think there have been some Montessori schools that have had to close. That being said, I think that for the most part, what they're doing is just making sure that there are fewer children in each classroom so that they're, they're spread far apart. But the way Montessori works is children are moving about the classroom, and they're not necessarily sitting in a desk in a row. And so a lot of Montessori schools have just developed a particular pod so that you know, that classroom with those teachers and that one sub are the only children, only people who are allowed to come in that classroom. So they kind of keep them separated. Whereas we used to be able to use a substitute teacher across the building, now we have substitute teachers designated for a particular classroom. That makes it a little tricky, but it's no more difficult than what other people have had to go through.
0: Now how about uh, the point of time where um, students were at home when the school buildings were closed entirely and, you know, all learning was remote. How, yeah. did, uh, how did they uh, make accommodations for that?
1: That's tricky. I actually had some months of doing that myself. And the way I handled it was that I taught the children how to make their own materials. Because we didn't have the material, they didn't have materials at home, and I didn't have the materials at home, and so we went through the traditional curriculum, whatever they were ready for at that time, and we talked about how to how to make materials, and so the children got very excited about that, and they got their parents involved, and they did some woodworking, and they made things out of beans, and made things out of beads, and all kinds of. Um, a pr- ways of dealing with the situation in a positive manner and I think it was really very successful I think that the fact that they were learning how to make materials made them more engaged with those lessons than they would have been before so so it, it kind of was a balancing thing that you know they they got a lot out of it I think it worked pretty well
0: what do you hope Tryon's Montessori teacher, education program offers to our students and to educators who may come to us for training in Montessori education?
1: Well, I hope that we can offer equitable access to Montessori teacher preparation. There are a few Montessori education programs nearby, um, but the Montessori community in Indiana is just very excited to have a university-based training program right here. Um, We're also excited to be able to offer college credit for this training Um, possibly some of the adult learners may be working toward their bachelor's degree if they don't have that already and then there are others who will be working toward a master's degree in education with a concentration in, in Montessori early childhood so we're excited to be able to offer that and then the other thing is we have some special aspects to our program that are additional to what a traditional Montessori teacher education program would offer. We're offering um, some workshops in positive discipline training, as well as learning how to address certain learning exceptionalities in the classroom and understanding special education. So those are some additional things that we're offering.
0: What do you hope will be coming in the long term uh, for our Montessori teacher education program?
1: Well, this year we're starting with an early childhood education program. And so that is um, geared for teaching children ages two and a half to six. Next year we hope to do which what uh, was Dr. Klein, our, our dean's um, original goal and dream was to create an emphasis in Montessori education in the four-year elementary ed program in the School of Education. So we hope to do that next year. And then along with that, we hope to create a one-year in-service program for six to nine, so early elementary years. Um, we hope to create a, a program similar to the one that we're doing this summer with early childhood. So beyond that, we don't know yet. <laughs> we'll see.
0: Where are some, pl- some places that people can find more information if they're interested in a Montessori education for their children?
1: Sure. Sure. So the American Montessori Society's webpage, um, it's amshq.org, is a great resource for all kinds of information. They'll be able to find things about schools that are available in their area. They'll find out what the Montessori Method is all about. There's a lot of stuff on that website.
0: What about educators who maybe want to learn more about Montessori Methods and training? What are some resources there?
1: The same website, the AMS website is really a great place to start and it offers a lot of information for both parents, prospective teachers, um, families. It's just a great place to go.
0: And where can people go if they want more information about Trine's programs?
1: It's connect with Trine/ slash Montessori.
0: I think it's maybe a dot com at the end, connect with trine Connect with
1: Trine dot com slash Montessori. Thank yep, you. You're welcome. <laughs> well,
0: once again, I'd like to thank Professor Lori Stockton Moreno for joining me today for Faculty Focus. Be sure to check back for new episodes as Trine faculty members talk about their research interests and the issues of the day. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.